Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. Okay, so, so here's the deal. We believe that everything flows out of knowing how much God loves us. If you miss that concept, you will be a works-based Christian. And you will feel like if I serve enough, if I give enough, if I do enough, then I will enter into God's love. That right there begins to hurt a lot of people. Because at the end of it, you feel like you're never enough. I'm not saying you don't work. Come on, somebody, I'm definitely not saying you don't give. But but I'm saying that those two things don't position you for God to go, Ooh, I really like you. You're my favorite. Okay? In this idea, God is a God of order. Everything flows out of the first, okay? So let's just simplistic, okay? Here we go. We got family, okay? I know that person has a weird head. Uh, sorry, uh, real life drawings. Okay, so, so here's the deal. You get family because of, okay? There was this girl, hey, there was this guy, you know what I'm saying? Okay, and, and, and this family, listen, flows out of this relationship, which then flows out of a guy or girl taking the mantle of responsibility. Does that make sense? Because ain't nobody want to marry someone who can't have a job, get a job. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, but but if you, you listen, if you, you clean your car, I don't know why, no, but I can't know why, no, it's dating me. They don't want to sit on Coke cans, okay? Get it out your car, clean up, put some pofer. It don't take a lot to get some freshness up in here. You know what I'm saying? Brush your teeth, comb your hair. Come on, somebody. I know some of you, I feel like that's very, like, practical. <laughs> some people need practical. Okay, now listen. Okay, out of this moment, hopefully, as a believer, it should be this, see, he, he's kneeling, all right, and this prayer, and then God is a revelation uh, and giving some identity, so we believe everything flows out of the first. A lot of people are trying to skip steps and want to be blessed. You can't skip steps and want to be blessed. Okay, if we want to have something that thrives in our life, if we want to have thriving relationships, and we all do, I don't care if you're like, I don't care about no more. You lying. You've just been really hurt. You've been really disappointed. And, and you think that you can live alone, but the Bible clearly tells us that nobody thrives in isolation. Studies have been done. The science has already been proven. And you're not the 1% that breaks the science. The truth of the matter is when we are alone, we deteriorate. We evaporate. We're no longer pushed. We're no longer pushed to grow. We're no longer pushed to thrive. And so nobody, the Bible says that no man can be an island of themselves. Okay? So here's the deal. Out of this, we believe that, that if you want increase to happen in your life, 
increase always comes upon order. Way many people are praying, come on, listen, for that house. But it, increase comes out of order. Everybody wants the, the marriage, come on, to be hot and fun, and, and we want to giggle and we want to laugh. Everything comes out of order. And so when we are not, come on, does that make sense? When we are out of order, then it will not thrive. And, and that's not because God doesn't love us. It's because God wants to change us. He wants to develop us. He wants to do something in our life. And so our, our, the context of what we've been talking about is Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 39. And it says this, and he said to them, you shall love the Lord God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor. Everybody say neighbor. neighbor. As yourself. Well, because we still repeating. All right, listen. We should love your neighbor. Neighbor. Turn to the right or left and say, hello, neighbor. Come on, we're just a little Mr. Rogers neighborhood. Little Mr. Rock, little, little Phil in that. Come on. Your, so, so here's what we believe. Based on this scripture, we see that loving God, we love God, and out of that, well, how do we love God? Okay, we just talked about it. We begin to worship we begin to pray. In other words, we use this thought a lot. How is the condition of your soul? What's going on between you and God? Why do you feel distant? I'm bringing that before the Lord. And in time of quietness, in the morning, at night, I begin to detox my frustrations, my offenses, all of this on the Lord because I know that He cares for me. Does that make sense? Then I, once I have got the junk off and I'm no longer heavy, then I can read and I'm not under condemnation because I don't feel like I'm good enough. And then I can begin to do the word, do the word. It, we don't want you to just read the word. Come on, somebody. We want you to do it. Okay. Out of that, we believe that living water begins to flow. Then you're able to love others. You may not have realized this, but come on, every man in this place, you not really growing in patience. You can pray for patience all you want, but your patient meter may have gone from two to three, and you're like, I don't get it. I pray for patience all the time. I pray for love. I pray for all of these things, and my, that's not growing. Here's why it's not growing, because love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control comes from proximity. It doesn't come from development. Yes, that's right. That's right. The Bible says that God is love, so when we are close to Him, we flow out of patience, and when we are distant from Him, come on, somebody, it don't flow. Anybody had a moment where it didn't flow last week? Don't, don't point out, don't say anything, okay? Don't even giggle, because you might get nudged, Okay? The truth of the matter is it flows out of proximity. And so God was saying that, that, listen, the living water flows out of me. And you can affect everybody else in your life. And how do we know this? Jesus was talking about the Ten Commandments. Okay? And what we know is the first four deal with God. 
our relationship with God. That the, and, and the next six, five through ten, all deal with man. Now here's what, because we move so quick through culture and we love new things, we feel like this is not needed anymore. And there is this conversation in the church versus the law versus grace Jesus already dealt with this we are not under the law but you go ahead and try to do this next week kill somebody commit adultery on your wife steal from your best friend lie to everybody that you meet and want your neighbor's stuff where you're offended that they get a bass boat and you haven't and see how great your life is Does this make sense? I don't know much, but if you don't get these right, you're going to be at the altar a lot. Does it make sense? I find it interesting because we are talking about relationships. I find it interesting that you, that how many of you have read the Ten Commandments and you know them? Or you, maybe you don't know them in order, but you've heard about them. Okay, great. I would think that they are in order of importance. Sorry about that. I know that's annoying. It's annoying for me too. Uh, isn't it interesting that honor thy father and mother is before don't kill? Is that crazy? Because I would think to definitely don't kill is different than having some conflict of honor with your parents. But everything, remember what we talked about at the very beginning, everything proceeds out of order. If you cannot honor, come on, those that helped establish your life, then you will continually cross lines and those lines will enter into areas that, listen, will destroy your life. Come on, does this make sense? Okay. So let's talk a little bit about love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 6 says this. I know y'all got all this. I'm just going to preach to my family today. Okay, I know y'all got this. Love is patient. Some, some, we just wrecked y'all right there. Ben, could y'all come up? We're going to go to the altar. Love is kind. It does not envy it does not boast. It is not arrogant or rude. Dang it. But my Enneagram says, I'm just kidding. Listen, it does not insist on its own way. Come on, anybody last week want to have your own way? No, don't say please, please. Just look forward. Look, that's what I'm doing. I'm not looking anywhere. Listen, it is not irritable. Come on, mamas. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, you better move on. <laughs> I'll throw this past you right at you. <laughs> Listen. It's not resentful. It's not resentful. It doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing. But it rejoices, come on somebody, in the truth. Here's the thing. I don't believe that our nation is so far gone that we cannot experience revival in the home, in the family, in our culture, 
What I believe is that we are so broken that it is hard for us to love people and love is the thing that covers a multitude of sins. And so I would rather be safe than be hurt. Come on, somebody. As we look at this, there is a relationship cycle that we often talk about here. And I, I want to give, give this to you real quick. This is a cycle for everyone. First, it starts out with connection. You connect with someone, you see them, you hang out, you begin to do something. Then all of a sudden, uh, uh, you're like, man, they're really cool. And it moves to kind of this romantic phase. Come on, somebody. You know, and, and obviously, um, this is why you got married. Come on. Even your best friend, you just love them. They get you. Y'all have so many things in common. This is awesome. We, we, we just, we golf. We get each other's jokes. This is great. When he laughs, I laugh. When she laughs, I laugh. We like to do, it's crazy. We like Savoy. We do Savoy together. I was thinking I'm the only one that likes this tea, but you do. My husband won't even go to Savoy, but you go with me. We're, we're besties. Okay, then you got over here, come on, reality, <laughs> come on, Re the reality is, I don't know if I want to go to Savoy with you today, I have so many of my own issues, I don't need to hear about your family, let me tell you, oh my God, every time I'm with them, this is, like before it was like, oh my gosh, I found a friend, I've been so lonely, you know what I'm saying, air supply is playing. Come on. You're running in slow-mo. <laughs> Romance is happening. They're the best person. You don't understand them. Come on, you're telling your family. I know what you see, but let me tell you, I know who they really are. And your parents are like, we know too. <laughs> Come on. Listen, reality. And then right here, in every relationship, is always, come on, a decision. A decision. And, and, and if I'm going to, can I be 100% real quick? Um, I see this happen all the time in relationships. And you're either going to move toward each other. You're going to move toward friendship. You're going to deal and you're going to become uh, 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 deeper. Or you're going to move away. Be hurt and offended and start this process all over again. And there are some people that I feel like when I begin to look at their life, all they've done is start over. Well, Pastor, that's really hard. I, 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 I feel like you're judging me. All I know is that God told the children of Israel, go in, listen, and take the land. And for 40 years... They kept starting over. 
God doesn't want you to start over. God wants you to grow. Come on, somebody. God wants you to thrive. God, God's good thing for you. But here's the reality is there are armies in the land, and you're going to always have to deal with what you look like and what you feel like. Come on, somebody. And what you think other people think you're like and how other people perceive you. And the only reason that they didn't go in, it's not because the God wasn't with them. And it wasn't because they didn't have the power. And it wasn't because God was going to move on them when they stepped in there. But it was because they were held back by what everybody else in the land thought come on what everybody else thought can I tell you this is a prescription if you're constantly worrying about what everybody else thinks that is a barometer that should go off in you because you think a lot of things about everybody else the Bible says, to him who is pure, all things are pure. Your best friend could be waiting for you if you could just accept imperfect people. Come on. Does this make sense? Help me. What we see is this. This cycle time after time is repeated first Peter chapter 4 verse 8 says this above all things keep loving one another keep love everybody say keep loving, keep loving. One, another. one another you know what that means that means keep loving one another that means when you want to run out of love just keep doing it that means when they get you mad, just keep doing it. That means when they don't show up, when they do this, when they say they're going to be at your life group and nobody shows up, just keep loving. Come on, does that, does that make sense? That means when, 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 when your kid has a birthday party and nobody texts back and says they're coming and you're like, I hate every one of y'all people. Every one of y'all people. Dang. Just keep loving people. When someone says something and you feel like it's a little snarly, you feel like they've had a bad day, you feel like, oh, somebody needs some Jesus. You just keep loving people. Just keep loving people. Come on. With earnesty, love covers a multitude of sin. Can I tell you something? We won't have any problem with this church growing if we love a lot of people. People are already dealing with their inadequacies. We want to be a place that loves. Now, now I'm here's, we're going to be love first and then truth. See, I, here's what I think. I think that love without truth keeps people infants. But um, um, love without truth keeps them babies. But truth, wait, did I, am I messing that up? Um, I, I, is that right? Y'all, thank, thank you, Nick. All right, listen. But truth without love. Truth without love. We're either going to cripple people because they're not enough or we're going to have babies. And people ask me all the time, why do y'all do so much outreach? Y'all wearing your people out. I fear God. All, right, all Rogers didn't save yet. But we are a more, if you haven't figured this out, we're a more discipled church. So we have to keep doing outreach because I don't want us to be the frozen chosen. I don't want us so developing ourselves 
Does that make sense? That, whoo, man, since I've been at that church, I've grown so much. Yeah, but have you done any outreach? Because here's the deal. I don't want to grow up all of our babies to be adults. There needs to be a little spiritual whining happening. There needs to be a little bit of babies happening. Does that make sense? That's a part of our culture. It's a part of what we do. So here's the thing. We're talking about loving our neighbors, right? Okay? So, so here's what this looks like. Okay? So we're going to love people. We're going to love people. And, and, and if you're old school, come on. When I said love, your, love others in your mind, it was like love thy neighbor. It should have been love thy neighbor. And, but, but, but I think that when God begins to communicate this, I believe there's four major relationships in all of our lives that we're going to have to deal with. Okay, four major relationships. Can I give those to you real quick? Okay, here we go. Family. Okay. Friends. Come on. <laughs> Enemies. <laughs> Some of y'all like, I don't even like this sermon no more. <laughs> and neighbors. These are the four key relationships that God will use in your life to grow you. Everything that God does, God does as a teacher. God is using people in your life. And so here's the thing. When we begin to talk about our family, which I don't have time just because of the sake of time, but, but underneath these, I would, I would write three points. So if you're taking notes, hopefully you're taking notes. Come on. A note taker, I believe, is a history maker. you got to go look back. you got to read this. you got to pray. When you're having quiet time, I believe that there's something in that, that happens when you take notes. So here's the deal. Pull out that phone. Just turn it on, vibrate, and, you know, hit whatever. But take notes and grow. Okay, so here's the thing. I believe, what does family teach you? Family teaches you unconditional love. Come on, you ever been mad in your head? <laughs> Stop. You're like, we mad right now. <laughs> Listen, I believe family teaches you how to navigate emotions. You begin to navigate your emotions. And, and okay, and can I tell you this? I know that I am being a little generic. There are some families, because of brokenness and sin, they have hurt people. Does that make sense? And so I want to just give a caveat to that. I, I get that. I get that. But I am talking about more what we are trying to create and less of what we went through. And I do know that you cannot move forward bitter. Come on, does this make sense? So, so uh, let me just add that caveat. Here's what we're doing. We're training from this day forward. Got, everybody got that? Okay. Family teaches you how to overlook imperfections. You cannot build great friends that are long-lasting if there are constant issues with family. Because everything proceeds out of order. Does this make sense? You're going to have to make a decision. These people have crazy. But I'm going to love your imperfection. I am going to see the value that you've brought to my life. I am an adult enough to assess your value and not repeat your weakness. 
but I'm not going to marginalize your influence in my life. Come on, somebody, does this make sense? This is what family teaches us. Then when we move to friends, here's what we learn. We learn that friendships have to be discovered, but they can not only be discovered, they have to be forged. Discovered means I'm starting to talk, and Eric and I are talking, and I find out that he loves sports. And I'm like, I like sports. And what's awesome is we, we, we discovered that. Okay? When, when, when Jermaine and I, he, he likes music, I like music. We discovered that. There is a little bit of discovery that happens in friendship, and you're going to have to spend a conversation with somebody, come on, to understand and discover that. But it also has to be forged. Okay? Now, some people... It's crazy. When you discover, you're discovering that there are some likenesses, that you like, kind of like the same things. Some people want to forge a friendship, and I'm like, hey, well, what do you like about it? I don't know. I just want to be my friend. Well, they're not going to be your friend because you're working too hard at forging something that y'all don't have any in common. Does that make sense? So it's both. It's discovery, and it's forging, but, but, but friendship, listen, is commitment. It's where you learn commitment. It's learn, it's, it, I don't leave on your dark days. When everybody else is walking out, I'm walking in. Friendship. Friendship. I think the third, enemies. <laughs> what do enemies teach us? Enemies teach us how to fight. Enemies teach us how to kick someone in the throat. No, enemies teach us how to show mercy. Enemies teach us how to refuse revenge. Enemies teach us how to forgive. I would ask you if you have any enemies, and I would ask you to raise your hand, but I don't want you to be feeling like you sit next to one. So, <laughs> Listen, the truth of the matter is everything that God does has a purpose. What about our neighbors? What do they do? Our neighbors are the people who are near us, and so when we think about our neighbors, we are supposed to be welcoming, caring, and sharing. There's a Bible story about a man who was walking along and saw a guy, you know, beat up. And he didn't go, you're not my friend. We have no history together. What he did is he picked the man up. He was welcoming. He began to care for him. He began to share with him his, his money, his finances, his time. His, come on, does that make sense? And so I, I think that there is something that God is teaching us in all of these, and I want to give them to you real quick. I think family we have to honor. Friends, we start developing trust. Enemies, um, we begin to learn how to disarm. Somebody, listen, Jesus just knew how to disarm people. And some of us are walking into the fight thinking that that's tough. But listen, maybe, maybe they do need to come to Jesus' meeting, but maybe you, you're trying to fix something that's a whole lot deeper than that one issue. 
And you're going to have to disarm that. How do we do that? Sometimes we do that through prayer. Sometimes we do that in battling in the spirit. Sometimes we do that. Come on. We're, the Bible says we bring down every lofty thing. And, and somebody's got to have to learn not to post it on Facebook, but disarm it in prayer. Does this make sense? And I think our neighbors uh, is this. And this is huge. I think we invite them into relationship. Listen, if it has been, so, so here's the challenge moment for you. If it's been three months since you invited somebody to church, I want to challenge you. It is crazy for the church to pray for revival in our nation when we cannot walk across the street. Come on, does this make sense? This is the process for us. We honor and we learn to honor. And out of that, we begin to trust. And some people hurt us. And listen, some friends stay forever and some become enemies. Is that, come on, does that make anybody have ever had an enemy before that you're like, I don't know, I like you anymore? You know, we disarm them. What you're trying to do, I'm no longer going to feel that. I'm going to take that to the Lord. Come on, does that make sense? And then our neighbors, we're always looking to invite people in. Come to our house. Come eat at our table. Come do this. Come hang out here. Come do Listen, they may not want to stay at the church. They may think it's crazy. But the fact of the matter is that you're inviting them. God may not call you to preach over in another country. God may not call you to carry a cross. God may not call you to... But don't think that God has not called you to walk across the room. Come on, does this make sense? All right, cool. I've got one more thought. i got three minutes. I'm doing so good. This is so slow. All right, I'm going to erase this. Is that cool? All right, everybody good? I need an eraser person. All right, cool. How big do we have to grow to get an eraser person? All right, here we go. All right, cool. All right, cool. All right, sweet. Cool. Sorry. Um, okay. So I, I want to give you this, this thought because this is how we do relationships here. This is how we do relationships here. Okay. Let me just be 100% real with you for just a couple seconds. It is, I'm, I'm going to do this in the most compassionate, awesome way I can. It is not my job to know everybody. And I just, I need y'all to know that. And I need you to know that I don't take any pressure to do that. Because here's what's going to happen. If I promise to know everybody who comes to this church, then I will overcommit, I will underdeliver, and I will hurt people. But here's what I promise you. If you step through the door of relationship, somebody will be trained to know you. And we are training a culture of people who care about other people and who know other people. Come on, does that make sense? And, and that's what I can do. It wasn't the expectation of Jesus to know every one of the people that he ministered to. Does that make sense? Yes, Jesus stopped. But if you count how many times he stopped, the mission of God was more important. It doesn't mean that people aren't important. People are, are the reason that God so loved the world. Come on. 
But the truth of the matter is, I believe that there are leaders in this church. I'm baking our future on the fact that there are leaders in this church. And just like Moses, who tried to be one-on-one counsel with a million Israelites, and his father-in-law had to come in and say, the way you are doing it is not right. In fact, you are stunning growth. And people are having to wait months and months and months to get their issue resolved because you feel like you're the only one that can handle it. He didn't see that he was hurting people. For us, I believe that God is bringing leaders of tens in a small group. I believe there are 30, 50, 100, 1,000. I believe that God is bringing those people. Some people will not like that. If you came to our church because you like small church, then I am praying two things happen. You're able to go find a great small church. Or you're able to find a big God. Because the truth of the matter is, well, I just don't want to be in a church that's all about bucks and butts. Neither do I. If we become that, I'm a leaf. But I'm not scared of growth. God put numbers in the Bible. I'm not scared. I don't think that I'm going to be successful because we have numbers. I believe healthy things grow. Come on, somebody. And I'm not mad when my kids turn 13 or 14. Did gummit. I'm just tired of these numbers. We're going to grow. We want to grow with you. Here's how we do that, and then I'm going to be done. Okay? We believe. Okay, this is not like the sign of the devil. Okay? It's just a triangle. It's just a triangle. Okay. We believe there are three points for people to grow. We believe that when people come to church or people do life, everyone needs to be known. Everyone needs to be loved. Does anybody know the third one? One, two, three. We believe that everyone needs to be challenged. If we do these three things, we believe that we will see people grow into who God has called them to be. Come on, does that make sense? Our life groups are set up to do this. Framework is set up to do this. Our, our, our serving, y'all give me one second, sorry. Sorry, I know, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm past time. I gotta hurry up, I'm sorry. Y'all give our band a big hand, come on. Thank you for walking. Y'all walk so well. Okay, all right, all right. Okay, so I want to break this down for all of our leaders too because I'm, I'm, we're teaching some stuff. All right, if we only do known and loved, if we only do known and loved, then what will happen is people will become offended because they will stay babies And at one point or another, an expectation will not be met. Does this make sense? They will be, people will become stunted in their growth. If we don't challenge people, then when discomfort happens, they don't know how to deal with it and they feel like they're being rejected. 
The truth of the matter is, we've all been in families, and there's moments when, come on, people have to be challenged. Why, why are you doing that? Why are you going there? What's going on? Hadn't seen you at church in a couple weeks. Well, I just don't like people calling. We love you. We love you. We care about you. Does that make sense? Okay, okay, look at this. If we just love and challenge people, then what happens? People get discouraged. People get discouraged. See, because I'm not really known. You don't really know anything about me. Does that make sense? You haven't really invested the, the, the time to get to know me. You're, you, you're just loving me. I love you, and then I'm telling you what to I'm, And so people get discouraged, and it's hard for them to really become who all God has called them to be, and discouraged people fall away. I think the last one is this. If we just know people and we challenge them, but we don't love them, people feel used. The, these are the people that feel like they're only loved when they produce. And if you do something good, we're going to love you. Does this make sense? And the truth of the matter is, this right here is motivated by fear. And we don't want to be that. We don't want to be people who are motivated by pe pe uh, fear. We don't want to use people to just build our thing. Here's the deal. Spirit, soul, body, we want you to be in a place where you can be known. When you're known, we want you to feel loved. On your good day, on your bad day, when your kids are acting a mess and throwing a tantrum in the floor, and when they're like the best in children, you're like, we love you. We're not, you're a kid, ah, and we're pulling it back in. Come on. And then we want to challenge you. And the Bible says all throughout the Bible, sharpening iron, pushing to good works, having someone's voice in your life. We feel like these three are, are a great plan to take people from no relationship into who God has called them to be.